1: No, yeah, um and really this time of year, especially where we're at here, and then it'll be kind of similar to this week, we'll do the same thing just so we're not putting ourselves in in tough situations. If there's for last week, if there was snow accumulating on the ground, certain cuts with the receivers and tight ends we didn't want to make you know, in fear of going down and throwing ball to a DB or something like that. So we really just, we took our our game plan that we had and then we just cut out certain things and just had those in case we needed it for footing reasons more so than anything. Um, We didn't need that one. We just used our base game plan, uh, obviously because the the footing was good. And then uh, even at the end there, uh, when the snow was accumulating, it wasn't enough to affect the footing. So... Um, we, we always try to make sure we've got those contingency plans. If it's a high wind game, we'll do the same thing, uh, you know, and, and have a separate game plan if, it, if the wind's affecting us, so we can go to those things that we feel better about in the wind. So we'll always try to do that. Typically, at the, by the end of the week, off of one game plan, we might have four or five different things, if we, you know, separate game plans, if we have personnel issues or if we have, you know, weather issues or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't think, you know, they they did a nice job of adjusting throughout the game, and and that's the way this time of year is. You know, they adjust, and then you have to adjust, and it's kind of of a constant back and forth a little bit, Um, you know, and – uh, just felt like that right there in that last drive, we were getting some good traction with some of the the run game things that we were doing, um, you know, and then obviously some of the, the some of the different pass concepts we were mixing in there. So uh, it was it was really good for us to kind of you know mix those things in because it really ate up the clock for us and, and really kind of helped us seal that at the end there. Just you know, I don't, I don't think it was anything specifically they were doing that were like, hey, let's get to this. It was just our guys executing at the end of the day, and and they did a great job at it. Well, I think one, you know, obviously, just does a great job as a teacher of the game. You know, uh, uh, as a coach, you kind of always want to be, you know, teachers, not presenters. You know, to to really kind of help your guys develop and, and help them grow and become the best player they could possibly be. And that's that's the definition of Coach Cromer. That's that's his that's him to a T. He is a, a teacher. He you know he. Um, does a great job just developing guys, and, and then the preseason, you know, in, in training camp and stuff like that, he'll come up to you and be like, hey, it might not look pretty, but we need to get these guys in different spots so that, you know, uh, guys can be multiple and, and be able to play different positions. I mean, uh, Quiz is a, a great example of that. I mean, he came in and played guard and hadn't played there all year, probably hadn't played there since training camp and really stepped in and, and did a great job at it you know, and, and battled and was a Simon Sound. So I think just uh, uh, his ability to simplify for his guys you know, in one, what we do, and, and two, kind of how we do it, um, and then three, just the, the overall techniques that carry over uh, from guard to tackle to center, uh, he does a great job in coaching it. How does Josh's skill set allow you to not have to completely close off the passing game if, if the elements come into play? That's a great question. I mean, because I, I equate it back to um, the New England game last year here when it was really windy. And, you know, we were like, oh, well, we got to come out and, like, you know, getting big people, personnel, and run the ball and everything. And we we, we really kind of struggled with it. And then. You know, we made the adjustment. Dave's did a great job of making that adjustment as the game went on, to now spreading it out and throwing it a little bit more, and just you know trusting Josh to either, hey, if I'm not comfortable with make good decision and work the progression, you know. So, uh, and, and that's when we really started to move the ball a little bit better, you know, in that game. Now, obviously, it didn't work out for us, but I think that I thought that was a great lesson for us that you know he he does have that ability to play in multiple different elements, whether it's windy you know, rainy, snow, whatever it might be, you know. So I think that's a that's a big advantage for us to be able to, you know, do those different things that um, keep us balanced instead of forcing us into a one-dimensional game.
0: Can, can you take us into the conversation with Josh and his helmet before the final play of the first half? Eight seconds left.
1: What's going on? What are you saying? to him? Are you telling him, hey, you only have eight seconds? No, yeah. I mean, yeah because you 've got a limited amount of time to get them as much information as you can uh you know while well, at the same time getting the place we could get up to the line of scrimmage and call it so you know there there's times where it's you know it's it 's us or nobody you know and it's it 's that type of thought process it 's hey you know quick decision it 's us nobody get uh, or throw away you know so we 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 leave ourselves enough time and you know he was able to extend the play and you know it's uh those are those are one of those things again, you kind of equate it back to uh, um I think uh the old Parcel saying of, you know, you've got all your reads and progressions in a box, but the great ones can kind of step out of that box and when they do step out, they make a play and make a positive play. And that's that's what he was really able to do right there. And it's an ultimate be right. You know, it's uh, uh, he had to be right on it and he was, you what know.
0: Uh
1: I mean at the end of the day it's I'm I'm watching him and I trust him, you know what I mean it's it's I've got a ton of faith in him that you know he's gonna uh, give us the best chance and um, you know those are those are things whether it's positive or negative, you know, there's stuff we can learn from, you know, and, and uh look at and, and teach from.
0: Coach, you hang your hat on spreading the ball around. care to talk about James Cook, you
1: first No, yeah, those were huge. I mean obviously, you know, um, having guys to be able to step in and and, and contribute like that and it's something, you know, the coaches talked about and we talked about with the players today when we met. When you look at that game, just the the contributions from everybody on the field the day whether you know, uh, uh, mattered for us. You know, we had all those guys with catches, we had Lyman Kevin come in and play. Um, you know, throughout the week, guys who weren't even dressed up, just the things they, they really did to kind of help us, whether it's the look they were giving or helping us to make sure Josh was giving a good look because we had to spell guys you know, so we're not running them into the ground you know, and come in and still be, you know, give Josh the look he needs to get in practice. You know? So it's like we've just got a, a group of, of guys that work their tail off, unselfish guys, um, you know, who come in and just keep getting better and better and better and we have a lot of faith in to plug in and, and make plays for you. So, you know, anytime you you look at a stat sheet and you can you see you know five, six, seven, eight guys with touches. I think that that helps you as an offense. Yeah, I think, you know, this this time of year, I don't know, you know, if anybody's like truly healthy, you know, so you're going to have to have guys, you know, step up and, and make plays for you. And that just, it helps guys like Steph and Gabe and, and Dawson to where it's like they don't have to be in their 70 plays or 60 plays in a game, you know, and they could kind of, you know, Go out and then be fresh when they are out there, and be able to go full speed for longer periods of time. You know, so I, those things all make a difference, and it's a it's a cumulative effect for you throughout the year. Whenever you could have those guys just step in, you don't have to lose anything. You don't you don't miss you know you don't miss a beat when those guys step in. Coach, uh, eleven snaps for Cole last week. Mm-hmm. How much of that was? I know game flow always has something to do with it, but how much of that was the byproduct of just jumping in? Mm-hmm. We're shooting in on hmm Conditioning and do we expect that yeah. to increase or where do we think that goes? You know, I think uh obviously it's a byproduct of of just last week being his first week and we'll just continue to grow with that, just like we have uh Naheem. You know, it's like it's just his role continues to grow and each week is very different, you know. So uh and I think you see that with Naheem. Some weeks it's it's high, some weeks it might be a little bit less. And um again, I think it's just a, a byproduct of our philosophy of whatever it takes to, you know, for us to be in the best position to attack a defense, you know, so. Um, and then part of that, too, is, you know, we've got a lot of guys we have a lot of faith in in that position as well, whether it's Isaiah or uh, Khalil or, you know, Steph moving in there at times or, you know, our tight ends in there at times. So, again, uh, the uh, for us, I think the ability to move those pieces around and be interchangeable is is critical. So. Is it ever going to be, you know, 50, 60 plays? I don't know. You know, it, it might be. It might not be. But just depends on kind of the game flow and, and where we're at. But I think uh, the ability to be multiple at different positions really helps you out. I know he's only been
0: here a week, but going off of that, how have you seen Cole kind of
1: be able to, has he been able to kind of pick up where he left off yeah. as far
0: as, you know, mm-hmm.
1: how home- no, yeah, uh, he really has, you know. And and again, we've tweaked some things and we've kind of made some adjustments and and that type of deal, but uh he really and, and Cole's a smart football player. You know, so um he really has picked things up and and uh and kind of just, you know, hit the ground running ever since he's been here. So that allows you to kind of pick that, you know, uh, pick that up a little bit more and and um, incorporate him more and more kind of as you're going because one you know his feel for the offense already, Josh's rapport with him, and then two, just how smart of a football player he is, whether it's just the playbook or just recognizing defenses and being di- diagnosed on the field so quickly. Um again, I think I think it just depends on your opponent, you know, and, and what you're getting. So um some some teams that, that really set the edges on you, you gotta be a little bit more inside. Uh, you know, some teams where, you know, they're they're different style of play, you can attack those edges a little bit more. So um we we try to make sure to we're putting our guys in the best position by scheme, you know, and then uh to to help them execute, you know, uh to the best they can. Um, you know, so I think there, there will be obviously incorporations of that. I think that's a part of what we do, and, and our DNA is to attack those edges and attack those those things, whether it's with a gap scheme or a you know outside zone where we press it and take it, or we cut up cut it up inside or back, you know. So uh, um, I think being multiple to to keep the, the defense off balance as much as you can falls falls into that.
0: How important or you know nice is it to have a guy like Pike Lecker available now? especially if Mitch isn't able to progress through the
1: protocol? Yeah, I mean, uh, all those guys. You know, I think the just the, the uh, offensive line room in general has been been great for us in terms of the depth because you look at it, you know, guys who, who have had to come into play throughout the year, you go back to the, the first Miami game and you look at the offensive line, it's, um, you know, GVR and uh, Tommy Doyle and, you know, uh, Quis with uh, – uh, Uh, you know, in there uh, mixing in with Raj and and Dion. And you kind of go through and, you know, it's just the nature of the NFL of, you know, there's going to be especially that position, you know, you're in a car crash every single play, you know, so uh, there's going to be these things where guys have to step in and, and fill roles. So, um, that room in general has been great, and then obviously a guy with the experience like Ike to all of a sudden you know have available if if needed, um, you know we'll, again we'll kind of see how that that thing progresses and, and where he's at, um, you know I think that that gives you a, an added advantage because you're always looking to for depth. You know, you always want to. You always want the the best depth as possible at every position. You know, because it's hard in this league. You know, to to have that. Um, and the best, you know, the best teams that are there at the end one are the the healthiest teams, and two, the teams where guys can step in and and you know you don't you don't miss you know you don't miss a beat as a as a collective. Obviously, you want your your starters in, but the the depth and the backups, uh, the guys that are are just coming into play for us as of late and throughout the year. I mean, that experience early on was has been huge for us right now.
0: I know you said when we first spoke to you about being a first time play caller, really, you have to get into it. Experience
1: is the only way you kind of find your mm-hmm. way. How do you feel you have evolved from week one calling plays, to here we are in mid-Semmes? I think the the biggest thing is just kind of the adjustments you've got to make from you know week to week or during the game. You know I think those those things are are huge um, you know in the course of the league just because defenses are so good you know and and you've got to be able to you know adjust throughout the course of the game and and uh, throw them different looks and and try to do you know do some things based off of what you're seeing. So again the just the communication between the staff the communication between the staff and the our uh, guys on the field the players on the field um, you know and those adjustments have uh, um, been great and then obviously you go through and there's great learning experiences throughout the game of situational football you know and, and maybe in this situation we're going to do something different next time because one it you know uh, it might have worked but there might be something better or it didn't work and you know so I think anytime you can build that library of experience just like just like a, a player on the field uh, the quicker you are to react as a play caller in the booth Um I think you know i don't know about i don't know about the biggest I think you kind of you go back throughout the the course of it and whether it's you know uh, um the backed ups back, any of those backed up situations that we've had of you know what what would we want to do here to prevent you know um us having a punt backed up you know and and give them a short field some of the some of those types of things whether it's uh uh, style of play, play call, you know, so some of those situational things like that, um, you know, some of the 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 red zone situational stuff of, um, you know, making sure that that guys are are in the best opportunity, whether it's a, a call on a pass, run, screen, whatever it might be, you know. So I think there's you go through it, and and there's just certain things throughout the year of, you know, at, at, in the course of a game where it might not be like, oh, you know. I remember this happened where it's just instinctual, you know, when, when you when you then call it, you know. So um, uh, I think there's there's a lot of a lot of those things. Two minute drills where it's you know uh, in certain areas of the field having something quicker, you know, to so the quarterbacks can have a quick answer to it versus any type of pressure looks and, and stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of those things that go into it. What do thoughts
0: I have on two more? What are your thoughts on Chicago?
1: I mean, look, I, at the end of the day, I mean, they, they, they've got a lot of pride over there. They've, they've, those guys, they play hard, you know, like they really play hard. And they're young, and they, they want to go out and win games, you know. And, and um, they've got a, a proven scheme that has been effective, you know, uh, uh, not only in past few years, but over time. You know so uh they're sound in what they do. they play extremely hard um you know, and they they've got some some uh uh younger players that have really developed throughout the year and when you watch them early in the year to uh you know these past few weeks it, they look like different players they they've really grown a lot, you know, so I think it's a testament to to them and their their coaching staff that you know they're they're going out and they're battling each and every week, and teams have got to be ready to play them. Um, you know, otherwise they'll, you know, they'll get after you. Could you talk a little Last bit one. about, um, going, going no huddle on the second or third drive and what kind of, mm-hmm. the game, the offense? Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought that was, that was great for us. Uh, it really, to, to mix that in and, um, you know, it's a really good change up for us. I think, you know, when you, when you talk about the no huddle, it's, you know, it's one of those things, especially in this league where, um, to have that you know ability to get to it you know and, and be able to jump into it, jump out of it you know at different times, because I think if you just go and, and you 're doing it all the time, then it, it allows a defense to kind of adjust to you, and now they 're comfortable because they know your tempo, so whenever you could kind of mix up the tempo like that, I think it 's good um, you know and, and it really helps you, and so whether or not you stay in it or whether or not you get out of it and then go back in it later, I think having that ability to um, you know, executing in a no huddle type style of offense is always very beneficial for you. And then it also helps and carries over into two minute situations because if you're, if you're practicing no huddle in normal situations, naturally it's going to trickle down to those two minute situations because you're used to doing it. So that was, that was a really big drive for us, obviously to kind of get us going and, and, uh, mixing in that no huddle stuff was, was a big reason why.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,